I have done absolutely no preparation whatsoever. I'm so disorganised, there's not enough hours in the day at the moment. And welcome to the Agent Slumber Podcast. This is show number 39. My name is Chris Ward and I'm still alive. With me today is Mr. Myron Schmidt. How are you doing, Myron? I'm doing good. Still alive too. Good. It's still another COVID-related shutdown. <laughs> As we all are. I know, right? Are you guys on lockdown there? Uh, Well, allegedly, but if you went outside, you probably wouldn't know that. People have had enough. The first shutdown in March, people were pretty... I'd say kind of respectful to shut down, stayed at home. Hmm. Now, they don't care. They're done. It's People are going broke. Restaurants are still open. Bars are... Most bars are closed because the liquor license is a funny thing in the U.S., but restaurants don't care. Um, people are just... They can't They can't make it through on a shutdown. And just because the governor, who is a multimillionaire, says, hey, you have to shut down, but I'm going to travel around on my personal plane, nah. <laughs> people don't, people just aren't having it. They're, they're done. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of apathy towards uh, towards businesses and things the second time round. It's uh, yeah, it, strange it way is, to be. It is. It is. You got to balance. You got to balance health with people not uh, going broke living in a van down by the river, as Chris Farley would say. And at the moment, they're they're uh, debating about uh, whether to uh, have a like an amnesty over Christmas because obviously viruses will respect the fact that it's Christmas and uh, will leave you alone for five days. Of course, of course, of <laughs> course. You know, <laughs> I know. Oh goodness! Yes. Yeah, so the world is still in a shit state, but um, we're still here, right? As if it, as if it couldn't get any worse, right? And we're prepared to talk about some what can only be described as classics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're having a bit of a franchise catch up today with some of the uh, the films that have come out since we reviewed the uh, the main franchises. Yep, yep. So we are looking at Leatherface. Ooh, I know, right? Oh, it's Leprechaun Returns. Looking forward to that one. <laughs> um, Hellraiser Judgment and Halloween because the, the world needs to know what you think of it <laughs> we know what I think of it but we we'll yep, know what you yep. think and I actually I actually, on purpose did not listen to what your thoughts are I have no idea what you think of it really you didn't listen to me and go I did not listen because I knew eventually we would do it and I didn't want to be dissuaded by anybody's opinion Oh, okay. I wanted, I, I wanted to be watching it and be in my own an influenced state of mind. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't know any of my thoughts on any of these, then? Uh, no. And I don't know any no. of your thoughts on this. Oh, this could be fun, then. This will be fun. And believe it or not, uh, yeah, let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say no more. Um, right. Uh, have you bought anything you want to talk about? Well, you know, with the COVID-related stuff, it's been a little little tough to you know, run out and purchase a whole bunch of stuff. But I did manage to pick up a little movie called Fantasy Island. Blumhouse. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's been about the biggest uh, purchase I've 
<laughs> it's just splashing out there. Yeah, it's just, dude, it's just tough. It is tough, but that's what Amazon was invented for. Mm-hmm. They, they bring it to you. They do. They do. I'm trying to keep you talking because I'm trying to run through my head of anything I bought recently. <laughs> I can't did, think. Did you get a Did you get a big old set? Yeah, I'm sure I did, but I can't remember what. What did I buy? It was part of the 13th. Wasn't it, Jason? No, I didn't buy that. No, I, I can't play that one, that Scream Factory one. Oh, right, right, right. right. Although, next year, I'm, I've, I'm going to treat myself to a multi-region 4K Blu-ray player. What will that set you back? Uh, I've, the one I've seen that got my eye on is about 260 quid. Wow. So in dollars, that's probably about the current exchange rate, about $260. <laughs> about $300, something like that. That's a lot of money for a Blu-ray player. It's because it's multi-region, see? Yeah, 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 I got you. It's 4K, I got you. Yeah. I got you, got you. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what I did buy. In 4K, I don't know whether, oh, I may have told you this, the Batman set. No, but I've been watching that you've, uh, on Twitter that you've been posting and watching the Batman set. Yeah. What, what is that? Is that, is that all the early ones? It's the, uh, the two Tim Burtons and the two Joel Schumachers. Okay. And, okay. uh, it was released over here, uh, 4K set of four films. It was about 70 quid. And I was, uh, scouring eBay like I do regularly. And, um, there was an Italian set, exactly the same, same discs, same covers, same everything, just with Italian writing on the box. And it was 35 quid, half the price. Really? So, so I'm having that, Sanjon. So, but is it done in English or is it Italian with subtitles? English. It's the English discs. It's just the the packaging that's in Italian. There's Italian subtitles on there if you want it. <laughs> but you put the disc in, it comes up. It's the same as the English disc. Nice. So, absolutely, for half the price. So a bit of a tip there for anyone who wants it. Go on uh, yeah. eBay. Have a look. No kidding. No kidding. It's yeah. the Italian version. Absolutely. Yep, I bought that, and I'm sure I bought, there's something niggling in my head that I'm thinking, yeah, I should have... Hang on, let me go and have my Amazon look, because I'm sure there is something. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what do we... Fucking password? Oh, bloody hell. Bloody Amazon. I know. That's because it's your new computer. Oh, I'll tell you what is annoying me at the moment. That bloody PayPal. You know, you when you buy something and you log on to PayPal... And, sure. And it says, um, remember me for next time. Avoid the, you know, typing in your password, blah, blah, blah. So every, every time I go on, I click that. And then the next time I go to log on, I have to put in my password anyway. And then it comes up. We're going to send you a text. Put a code in. So I have to put a code in. How is that fucking quicker? <laughs> I know. I know. Every time we log into to Amazon, it's set up to send a, a phone code. It's like, oh, my God, this is annoying. <laughs> this is annoying. It's very annoying. I'm scrolling down here. I can't see what I wanted to talk about. Maybe I didn't get it from Amazon. Who knows? Oh, I don't know. You can tell I'm as organised as bloody ever, really, can't you? Yeah, yeah, it's Chris. Yeah, it's me. I just make shit up on the... I'll tell, oh, I'll tell you what I did buy. The Relic. Do you remember The Relic from um, 1997? Yeah, I do. The Tom Sizemore film? I, for some yep. reason, I listened to a podcast and they were talking about it. And I thought, I haven't seen that for ages. So, uh, yeah, I've got it on Blu-ray for like five quid. And I don't know why I bother nice. with the Blu-ray, because you still can't see fuck all on it. Such a dark <laughs> film. It's a stupid film, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it, really. I really bought that much. Yeah, me neither. It's just, it's, I, I've taken to, um, trying to utilize the public library system in America. So ah. I, I, I went and sought out, it was a bit of a journey, but I sought out the first season of Mr. Mercedes and got a hold of that yesterday. So I, I don't know what that. that is. 
That is a Stephen King uh, book by the same name. Oh, okay. Um, it started out as a, more of a crime fiction type of book, but as the, it's a three-book series. As the books go on, it takes a little supernatural twist. Oh, okay. But it's about it's about a crazy bastard who drives his car into a group of people at a job fair, and it's about how they catch him. It's about the characters. It's Stephen King. Of course. So it's probably very long, I'd imagine. Uh, the books aren't. They're actually relatively short. Oh, okay. I'll take that comment back then. I know, right? Right? But it's it's not without foundation that you would say that. Mm. Yes, I have, has, I have previous with King and <laughs> long books. Yeah. Yes, this uh, it's got it stars Brandon Gleeson. Uh, oh, I like him. Yeah, he's pretty good. He, he I think he, he'd probably pay me in a film of my life. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, so I've been watching a lot of that. It's been uh, it, it, it's been good. It's been good. But cool. I'm a King I'm a King super fan, so you know. Oh, you really? You kept that quiet. I know, I know, really kept it way under the wraps. No one knows that. <laughs> <laughs> we should cover some King. Maybe Dr. Sleep was... Oh, no, we've done that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah we, I think I did it out of the bed and I was like... <laughs> oh, well. Cool. Okay, should we do Good, Bad and Ugly? We should. We, we should. should. Let's play the classic jingle. <laughs> right then, give us your good... So, so my good is the one that I purchased, which is Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Okay. Now, you gotta keep in mind, keep in mind before everybody has a heart attack, I have no taste to begin with. I think people know that already. We'll, we'll leave that alone. But I am a Fantasy Island super fan. <laughs> I, 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 if, when it, if there's a marathon on TV, I'm in front of the TV. If I can find a way to watch it, I'll watch it. And, you know, Amanda from, Amanda Reyes from the Made for TV Band podcast, which yes. is, if you want to know anything about TV in America, she's the one to talk to. She is a fountain of all knowledge. She really is. And besides that, she's a super nice person. She is just awesome. Aces. But she hooked, she said, hey, Fantasy Island's on one of these streaming services. And so I was watching and then, um, scrolling in Walmart and, oh look, Fantasy Island is for a super cheap price. I'm picking it up. Wow, it, it's like it was made for you. <laughs> I know. Now, Fantasy Island was also one of those because it's got a, it, it's got kind of a, a weird supernatural overtone. It's got some dark stories for the 70s. Uh, and it's one of those that kind of catapulted me into this whole horror loving, weird, dark tale loving kind of thing that I have. So <laughs> I've got a long positive history with Fantasy Island. Having said that, still a good movie, but I don't care to know about the history of Fantasy Island. The, the show was never about the island. It was always about Mr. War. And what Blumhouse did, what his team did, is they focused more on the island being a generator of people's fantasies versus Mr. War. It, it's, it, you know, one of the fantasy islands that I watched, Mr. War, was battling Mustafa or the devil. And, you know, it was it, true 70s TV. It was really goofy. It was... I don't know, Roddy McDowell, I think, played the devil, and it just, it was all crazy. But, it, they, they didn't carry that same kind of stuff into, into the movie. It, it was, they kind of, they kind of phoned in the idea that the island has some weird crystal in it that gives people fantasies, and there has to be people on the island, and it just is, it's kind of a weird thing, and I, I get why they did it, but they didn't have to necessarily go that route. They could have did a whole Blumhouse thing and kind of, Followed in the footsteps, but added a few twists, and I think that 
they tried too many twists and it came out this. Right. Now, have you seen it? Have you seen it at all? No. Um, okay. I'm going to make myself sound very stupid now because I'm a little bit younger than you. Yes. So I have a very, very vague memory of something called Fantasy Island being on when I was a kid. Okay. But I don't okay. really remember it. But would I be right in saying that knickknack from Man with the Golden Gun is in it? Yes, you would be correct. Yes. Uh, it is. I was getting confused the... between that and the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same show, really. I yeah. mean, let's be honest. It's the love boat or Fantasy Island. The love boat's just a little more cheery. Yeah. I it's was got, getting, you know, <laughs> yeah. Getting confused. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a very, very vague memory of it being on, on like a Saturday night or something like that, but. Right, right. I couldn't right. tell you anything that happened in it. So, you know, I don't have any nostalgia for it, really. So. <laughs> yeah, I do. So, that's probably why. But overall, it was a good movie. I can see why people were disappointed, but I enjoyed it. Cool. Excellent. Right. My good is. Get ready. Tremors, Shrieker Island. <laughs> we gotta do. I got. I got a note to myself to start looking for Tremors movies. Yes, we are gonna do Tremors at some point. A whole lot. Well, this is the seventh one. Is this the one that's on streaming services? Um, quite possibly, yes. It only came out a couple of weeks ago. I okay, think it was. I okay. think it was out streaming before it was out on DVD. But um, I bought it on DVD because I've got all the others on DVD. Okay. We all love Tremors. We all love the first one. Um, I don't know how many whether you've stuck to the series or. Uh, I think you know. I've seen. It. I think I've seen it like the first three, maybe four. Okay. Um. I'll, well, so I think Tremors as a series is probably one of the most consistent ones there is. Really? Yeah. I'm a bit of a heads up for when we do it, but I mean, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of deviation from the best one to the worst one, really. And um, Shrieker Island, I would say, uh, apart from the original one, it's probably the best one. Seriously? Yeah, it's so okay. much fun. It's Michael Gross is in it. He's in all of them. I mean, he's got the character of Burt Gummer down now, so he knows what he's doing. Richard Brake's in it. Right. I'm a big Richard really? Brake fan. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, yeah. in it. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, it, it's they borrow heavily from Jurassic Park and Jaws, <laughs> as they all do. And it, I mean, it's it's so it's so much of a Jurassic Park ripoff. They even have a bit where they're confronted by you know the giant grabbers, and he's facing off one against one, and, and then another one attacks him from the side, like the Raptors do in Jurassic Park. They rip off things <laughs> like that, but I think they don't care by this point. They know it's it's cheap B movie thrills, and it's so enjoyable. You could pick pick holes in it, like you could with any film like that. There's a couple of crappy CG bits. There's a couple of there and there, but ultimately, it's a seventh Tremors film. You know what you're going to get, and it's fucking good fun. Awesome. Yeah, really good. Yeah, if, if you do get to see it on the streaming service or anything, do watch it. You don't need okay. to have seen the others. They're all pretty much self-contained stories. All you know is it's Burt Gummer going up against monsters. I, uh, I, uh, I think I remember seeing the first one. I don't know if I mentioned this in the movie theater. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember it coming out on video. Um, it's getting a 4K release by Arrow in December. Of course it is. Uh, of course one. it is. Absolutely. So that's on my Christmas list as a little present to myself. Right then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Give us your bad then. Uh, so. My bad is a movie called Rabbit. I believe I watched it on Shudder. Um, it was... Somebody watched Martyr, and they tried to recreate a Martyr style of thing. It's about two twins, and they tortured one twin to get them to form some sort of weird-ass connection. And I just lost it. It, it just... It, it wasn't very good. It was an Australian flick. Um, sometimes Australians put out some pretty good horror, but this one just... It was... 
obviously a ripoff of Martyrs, um, mm. and it just it wasn't as well acted. It wasn't interesting because as, as you know, as the movie goes on, you get invested a little bit in the characters, and then you're just like, oh, they watched Martyrs. I don't listen. Forget about it. And you just kind of check out, and it just wasn't that great of a movie. What did you say it was called? Rabbit. Rabbit. As in Bunny Rabbit. As in Bunny Rabbit, yes. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Well, it's a, it's a Shudder one, so I don't know if it's on Shudder. Uh, see, I'm at the point now where if I see anything that says either Shudder original or Amazon original, I just automatically go, ah, oh, I can't be asked. It's the snob in me. I'm sorry. I'm. I, I, I get you. I get you. It, I just, uh, it is a short original, and it was done in 2017. Yeah. Uh, it's. <laughs> I get the same reaction when someone describes a film to me and says, "Yeah, it's a found footage." I said, "No, I'm not interested." <laughs> as, as you know, that you've had that reaction several times. <laughs> yes, yes, I've been on the receiving end of that reaction many, 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 many times. It's like no, there's far too many films being produced by studios. I don't, right. I don't need to watch somebody's <laughs> right. idea of a TV version of a better film. Right, right, right. Oh, well. Uh, I, well, I haven't looked at UK Shudder over here for a while, to be I pay for it every month. I barely watch it. But every time I cancel it, they suddenly put something on I want to see, so I have to do it again. <laughs> I know. I know. But uh, Rabbit. I... Okay, well, uh, I'll have a look out for it and avoid it. Yes. Avoid it like the plague. And talking of avoiding like the plague, my bad is... Jesus shows you the way to the highway. What? Jesus shows you the way to the highway. Okay. Have you seen this? <laughs> I've never heard of this. No. Um, Arrow put it out not so long ago, about a month or so ago. And I've, it's a blind buy for me. I didn't get a review copy, so I thought I'll blind buy it. Uh, fucking hell. I mean, I'm pretty straight edge these days, so I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Maybe I should start, because... <laughs> This is just weird. Okay. And I I don't mind weird. I can do weird. I quite like a lot of weird films, but there's weird, and at the end of it you go, I don't know what that was, but I liked it. Something like Housewife or Baskin. Do you know what I mean? There's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you watch shit like this, and you just think, that's just people putting masks on and being stupid for the fucking hell of it. Right, right. It's a weird cop story but people wear masks and people just beat people up shoot people there's lots of weird animation bits it's i don't know i suppose it's some sort of homage to some sort of late 60s psychedelic filmmaking thing but it's just no 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 it's an hour and 20 minutes of a bad trip someone's put onto a film it sounds like even the movie a scanner darkly was better than this one (laughs) yeah uh well, well, let's try and think of something else we can compare it to. Um, no, I can't. Do you know? Um, you know, Beavis and Butthead do America. Oh God. Well, no, 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 it's not that. You know, there's that section in the middle that Rob Zombie animated, that psychedelic freakout bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that somebody with no money but a video camera has looked at that and gone, "Wouldn't it be good if we could like do that, but like in with real people in like a real life thing?" And someone oh, else has gone, yeah, 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 let's do that. <laughs> and that's what it is. Okay. It's just, no. Oh. <laughs> no, avoid it. it. It's it's bollocks for the sake of bollocks. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not clever. It, uh, it, it taps into my whole thing at the moment. I've got a real thing about films coming out that are trying too hard to be different. And it's just, no, you're trying too hard. 
keep keep that in mind when I get to the ugly. Keep that in mind when I get to the ugly. Well, we're getting there now. Give us your ugly. This is, uh, I'm going to give you a hint. It's a one-word title. It okay. was, may or may not have been directed by a shorter person. That shorter person may or may not have been knocked out on YouTube by somebody because, you know, that's him. Is this person the singer in one of my favourite punk <laughs> bands? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> what, Michael Graves? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Verotica. And, and, I, and I watched it because... <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> Are you okay? I've Did got you, the fo- Blu-ray, got the Blu-ray, DVD and soundtrack CD. Oh my god. I'm fucking having that, man. <laughs> oh, but I, I watched it because I knew that Duncan Badge would do a commentary. Oh, and right. I re- and I started watching. <laughs> I'm telling you, two minutes in, you're going, oh, this is going to be a long ass movie. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I, I don't even, I don't know where to start. I, I, it, it's a, it's a top to bottom mess. It's, it is. The acting is horrible. The plot is horrible. The spider guy is weird. I don't remember the third. I, 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 I got nothing. It, I got <laughs> half, half a star is the most I could go. Thing is, and I've heard this, I've heard a lot of people review it and everybody said the same thing. But as one thing it's got in its favour, and we could probably touch on this when we get to um, the Hellraiser film later. It's very much what it sets out to be. It's completely Glenn Danzig all the way. Okay. He's made the film he's wanted to make. Whether that's good or whether that's bad is indifferent. He's made the film he's wanted to make. <laughs> and I applaud <applause> that. <laughs> oh, God, it's so terrible. It is terrible, but you can't bring you can't draw your eyes away from it. <laughs> it is so bad. I cannot remember the other two uh, shorts. I remember the spider, the yeah. spider guy. Oh, I, I, watch, I watch, I've only watched it the once. I will have give it a rewatch, but um, yeah. No, oh, don't do that. Please no, I want to. I've bought. I've paid for it. I'm fucking getting my money's worth. <laughs> oh God! I mean, <laughs> I I don't even. Know. I'm trying to look what the. The soundtrack's good. <laughs> the Spider Guy. Oh, right. Then there's the stripper who collects the faces of other people. Yes. And then there's some weird. Oh, yeah, the whole bloodbath thing, literally. You know, <laughs> the whole Elizabeth bathroom thing going on. Yeah. Oh, God. The whole thing is. So if Glenn Danzig announced there was going to be a sequel, would you be up for it? <laughs> if I could see it for free. I'll give it a watch. <laughs> See, yeah, that's not a no, is it? You spent money on it. I did. In all fairness, I spent money on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? <laughs> I spent I spent $10 in 10 years ago money <laughs> on, that, on that movie. That's they worth get, a fortune oh. now, that film. <laughs> oh, God help me. Oh, Verotica. Yeah, it's... um. It's a challenging film, and you have to be a very hardcore Glenn Danzig fan. But that is the sort of film that that is perfect for a midnight showing. It, it is very much. But I was going to compare it to the like Rock and Roll Picture Show. But wait a minute, I can't do that because the Rock and Roll Picture Show is actually kind of decent. I mean, it was a it was a mess top to bottom, but it had good acting. Got Susan Sarandon, Barry Boston, you got Tim Curry, Meatloaf. If it was, if I had to compare Verotica to Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway, Verotica every time. 
Because at least there's a passion to it. And it's not just... It doesn't feel like a contrived. It just feels oh. like Glenn Danzig's gone, here's what I'm doing, this is what the way it's going to be. Oh, my God. And I applaud that. That's how he makes his albums. Again, good or bad, but it's the stuff he wants to do. And is it is it me, or is Glenn Danzig turning into Sigourney Weaver as he gets older? I think he's shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> look at his face, and then look at... I was watching Alien Resurrection last night, and I just thought, he, she looks like Glenn Danzig. Oh, God, help us. Which, is, which was... That was a difficult wank, I can tell you. But it was... <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I quite like, I quite fancy Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. oh All right, we'll leave that there. Okay, right, we'll go on to my ugly then. Um, my ugly is not a horror film; it's an action film, and it is okay. es- Escape Plan Three. I gotta go into the IMDb's. I don't even. No, that one. You must have seen the first Escape Plan. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. No, no, I didn't. I did not ah, see that one. I did not okay. see that one. Well, let me enlighten you then. Right, Escape Plan. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone in a prison movie, right? Fucking fantastic. Then comes Escape Plan 2, funded by uh, Chinese backers because the Chinese uh, audience wanted more action films. Schwarzenegger's not in it. He's replaced by Dave Batista who I quite like, and uh, slides back in it, and Escape Plan 2 is absolute shite. Okay. Even Sylvester Stallone said it's probably the worst film he's worked on, and he worked on Stop or My Mum Will Shoot, so there we go. And Over the Top. Don't you dare say anything bad about Over the Top. I won't say anything bad about Over the Top. You top take that back. <laughs> You're oh, on my boy. list of enemies if you say that about Over the Top. Are you, are you a fan? I love that film. I will <laughs> defend that to the day I die. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Escape Plan 2 came out and it was rubbish, it was low budget, it was awful, Batista was hardly in it, Slide looked embarrassed. Yeah, it was bad. So anyway, Escape Plan 3 comes out, and it's a step up. It's a step up from Escape Plan 2. Sly and Batista are back in it. It's basically, uh, you know, Sly facing off against these Chinese gangsters. Um, I've put it in ugly because it's not a great film, it's not a bad film, it looks cheap. But there's some good sort of Friday night after the pubs have closed action stuff to be had in it. Okay, okay. So that's why I've put it in there. So was Escape Plan, was that on the Expendables kind of level of decent? Um, I think if they'd made it years ago, it would be up there. But um, it's good. It's a solid four out of five, I think. Okay, okay. Because I I quite liked at least the first Expendables. I thought was pretty good. Ah, second one's the best one. But we'll have to, we'll have to, well, that'll, there are so many franchises, so little time. Oh, well, yes, yes, we shall maybe leave that till next year. Yep, 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 it's possible. Yes, but yeah, Escape Plan, if you get the, watch the first one, Schwarzenegger's brilliant in it. He's really, okay. really good. He actually puts in a performance in it. There's a good oh, really? scene in it, there's a scene in it where he's inside like this metal cage, and they're, um, they're heating it up from the outside. So, like, trying yep. to sort of torture him, and he starts screaming and shouting, but he's, he's doing it in German. Okay. And you just think, that's the best bit of acting he's ever done. All right, all right. But no, yeah, if you can get to watch the first one, yeah. Don't bother with Escape Plan 2, it's rubbish. And Part 3, Part 3's worth a rental, if it's on a streaming service or something. Well, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta be completest about these things. Yeah, don't, uh, don't rush out and buy the Blu-ray, because <laughs> who'd do that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and, um... 
<laughs> it's a sly film. I have to own sly, all of Sly's films. But, um, yeah. Watch it if gotcha. it's on a streaming, watch it if it's on a streaming service. But, um, yeah, the third one is better. Nice. And nice. that concludes our good, bad and ugly for this week. Let me just sort my life out. Right, there we go. So, on with the main event. Right then, let's take a look at Leatherface. Ooh, let's play the trailer. You trying to make his crash? You want me to stop? What is it? I don't know. Make a wish. You ready for your present? You let those boys go this instant. He's not under arrest. He's under protection. What are you talking about? I'll take all yours, Vernon. All of them. The state of Texas instituted an endangered child care program. Keeping them here is safer for everyone. I want every cop from here to New Mexico on the lookout. This is evil. He's putting down. You show them who you are. Leatherface from 2017, directed by Alexandra Bustillo and Julian Mowry. I hope I said that right. Apologies if I didn't. And starring Stephen Dorff, Lily Taylor, Sam Strike, Vanessa Grass, Finn Jones, Christopher Adamson, Nathan Cooper, and the plot, according to IMDb, is a teenage Leatherface escapes from a mental hospital with three other inmates kidnapping a young nurse and taking her on a road trip from hell while being pursued by a lawman out for revenge. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? It it actually sounds just like a Chris movie. It does. It's just a damn fucking shame that's not quite what we got. Well, we did, but we didn't. Okay, is this a first watch for you? Second watch. Second watch? Second watch, yes. Okay. Yeah, I uh, this was shown at uh, Fright Fest 2017, which I didn't see. It was on the Friday night. I didn't get there till the Saturday. Um, but I was told at the time by my friend who was there, uh, Mr. Luke Owen, who said, oh, yeah, you'll probably like Leatherface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were wrong, Luke. You were wrong. Um, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> I was sent a copy uh, for review when it was getting its DVD release, and... I went, oh, oh, good, Leatherface, Leatherface, oh, brilliant, brilliant, dying, love this. Because um, obviously I am the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre apologist. And uh, I watched it, and I thought, yeah, you know, Leatherface, origin story, directed by the guys who did Inside. 
the French slasher film, which I love. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit shit, isn't it? It is. It is. It, it's it's a major shit. Yeah, it's. I can't quite fathom why. I it, don't know. To, it's it to me. It started out pretty good. Yeah, and then it it just started to get progressively worse and progressively worse and. Somebody watched a lot of Rob Zombie. Somebody saw the movie Necromancer. And you just, it's like, oh, God, this is just going from bad to worse. Bad to worse. My problem with, I'm going to say, I've got a problem now with Texas Chainsaw films. And I never used to. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are you okay? Have you fallen? Have you hit your head? I'll still see them. You know I will. Yep. But it's, they're trying desperately to make something of the fact of this fact. They're trying to make something when there's nothing there, you know, and it's a little bit like people's complaints about the Rob Zombie Halloween. It's the fact of why do we need the backstory? It's just frightening that Michael Myers just is. And I think that's the charm or that's the scare of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. We don't need the prequels to find out how they become the way they are. They just are. Right. I I get you. I get you. I, I like backstories. I, I enjoyed some of the backstory to this. I thought, oh, you know, when it started out, I'm like, oh, they're going to make Leatherface an anti-hero. I get it. He's, he, he was made, he wasn't, you know, he was, wasn't created, so to speak. He was made over the course of time. This is interesting. This is really interesting. I, I, I get that. But then it just, somewhere along the line, it turned left and ran into a tree. See, I'm the opposite. I, I, I don't think that making him like he is, almost this Frankenstein-like creation of all these different influences that they're forcing on him. I don't think it, that's... It, it's too contrived. It's too... Look look what we can do. This guy, we're going to make him like this, and he's going to do this. And, it's a, you know, they tried it in Texas Chainsaw 3D when they tried to make him the anti-hero in the end, and you were rooting for him when he killed the evil sheriff. And it's like, no! <laughs> it's not the Toxic <laughs> Avenger. It, true, 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 true. You're supposed to be scared, and I think, obviously, you know, the, the Texas Chainsaw series has characters and scares of varying degrees. And, you know, we, we discussed the original four films, which they are what they are. Yep. Obviously, the sequel and the prequel to that. Uh, not Sorry, the remake and the prequel to that. They're their own thing. And, yeah, we got Texas Chainsaw 3D, which was just so full of plot holes you could drive a fucking pickup through it. And this is this is just contrived, and there's no decent characters in this. I didn't like the guy who was playing the Leatherface. I didn't like any of the psycho. The only actress I like in it is Vanessa Grass, who plays the nurse. I've seen her in a couple of things, and I think she's really good. Okay, okay. You got the weird hillbilly couple in here who were fucking whilst laying on top of a dead body. Yep, 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 yep. That's a necromantic scene I was talking yeah. about. See, if that had come out in the one of the original four films, you might go a bit, ooh. In this, it just felt like someone's gone, hey, i got a really good idea. Let's, like, put a dead body in there and they can, like, fuck next to it. Right, 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 right. Do you know right. what I mean? You say, oh, yeah. God, here yeah. we go. Stephen Dorff is wasted in here, I think. Again, I think the character had potential. I don't mind him as an actor. And I think, you know, a bit like a Devil's Rejects cop going out for revenge type thing could have worked if they played on it more, but he's he's underused. Lily Taylor, she's better than this. She's much better than this material. The blood in it looks pink most of the time. Doesn't look like blood. The bit at the end when Leatherface 
or Jed or whatever they want to fucking call him, puts the chainsaw, spoiler, into Stephen Dorff's stomach. Now, excuse me, if you had a chainsaw put into your stomach, wouldn't you react? Wouldn't you go <laughs> scream and go, and your body would start <laughs> vibrating? And He doesn't, he just lays there. Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. supposed to go, oh, this is terrifying. Look, oh, he's getting his revenge. Oh, no. You just, at that point, you just don't care. No. And this is from a pair of filmmakers who made Inside, where a pregnant woman gets stabbed in the stomach with scissors. Thank you. And you were, Thank and you go, you. and you go, fuck, you know, that's bad. Oh, jeez, you know. Right. And that's what I wanted from this film. I wanted to be shocked. I wanted to think, oh, they've gone there, but I wanted it to feel organic i wanted it to feel like this this is the one that's going to scare you and it didn't it just fucking didn't it was goofy when it shouldn't have been goofy like when uh that kid's smacking christopher adamson's face up against the window in the office it's, oh god it's just it's weird it felt restrained it felt like there were other hands at work here not just the directors it's oh i don't know i i, I and i had the same thought you did oh it's by the guys who did inside this is this has the potential to be really good, and then yeah. it, start, it starts out okay. You you get lulled into a false sense of hope, and then as it goes on, it gets dumber and dumber and dumber. The guessing game of which one of the guys is Leatherface, is it going to be the fat one who's built like a brick shit house? No, because that's too obvious. Is it going to be the really mental guy who's shagging the uh, girl with the scars on? Well, no, because he's just a nothing character. So, you know, he's not going to become Leatherface. Right. So, oh, it's going to be the one who's given all the lines and all the dialogue. Oh, it'll be him. Yeah. And this opportunity, they should have had the, the overweight kid that was a little bit slow. That would have, if they had played through that storyline, they would have nailed it. There's so much they could have done. But, nah, we'll just kill him off. It'll be fine. Yeah. He, uh, the way they did it, and you're supposed to think it's him, but they'll say the way they did it, it it's obviously not him. But his was the character with the most potential you could have done something with. Right, right. That would have fit in line with a lot of the, the canon of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but I don't know, it's just... It's, it's, it's a mess. It, it's, it's a, a mess. It's a mess. It, tonally, it feels more like the remake than it does the original, which is not a bad thing in as much as I like the remake, but... Um, yeah, there's too many little bits and pieces they try and tie in with the original film, and you... They may as well just turn to the camera and go, see what we did there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you got the guy playing the grandpa in the beginning who hits them on the head with the hammer. You know, and you oh, there he is when he was a little <laughs> bit younger. Yeah. yeah and gotcha. he, doesn't he basically turn to the camera and smile? Yes. Yeah. 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 It was basically a middle finger to the camera, like, this is going to be a shit movie. Yeah. And Stephen Dorff's character is called Sheriff Hartman. And if you remember, the mayor in Texas Chainsaw 3D was called Hartman. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're tying it, we're tying it into another shit film. Well, um, sometimes if you want to be, what do they call it, meta, when you make all those references that only weirdos get like us. Um, yeah. if, sometimes because you can do meta doesn't mean you should. No. That's no, so it. Let it be organic. Don't force these things. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's just, say, the pink blood always puts me off. It looks like somebody's painted it on rather than somebody's been sprayed with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. And you, and the thing of it is, at the end of the day, you, you expect, you would hope for better from the yeah. film person. I mean, to me, the only good thing, or the one thing I can take away from this film is it makes Texas Chainsaw the next generation not <laughs> not the worst one of the series anymore. <laughs> well, let's 
<laughs> it's a tie, but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> At least there's a madness to that film. Yeah. There, yeah. That film is just totally off the wall, but in a good way. For sure. Yeah, it's just mad. This just feels like, by the numbers, somebody's quickly watched the other films before they went and started filming. And they really, they really like Necromantic, and they really like Natural Born Killers, so we're going to go the body five out. Yeah, let's make it a road movie in Texas, and let's hold up a diner. And, and to me, I like the one bit I did like is in the diner. There's the waitress who gets her head uh, shotgun to the head. Uh huh. I yep. did like that effect. I thought that looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the characters are horrible, and the ones that aren't horrible are just dreary. Yes, yeah. To, I just, I can't. I've watched this film three or four times, and I can't get past <laughs> anything that I've said here. Now it's just, it doesn't yeah. improve. It really doesn't. It doesn't. You know, there's a new Texas Chainsaw film coming out next year, and I've got to be honest, I, I don't care at this point. Really? They're going to yeah, have another? I, Chris, why are they making another one? Well, well, well. if you watch the special features on um, Texas Chainsaw 3D, one of the producers is talking about how, after Platinum Dunes, they secured the rights to make six Texas Chainsaw films. Oh, Let me God. just say that again, that's six Texas Chainsaw oh, films, on top of the ones we've already got, yeah, and they're oh, saying God. it like they're fucking proud of it, like, how could you, you it's oh, not God. a franchise that warrants it all and as, I know there's four, the four original films, but you could take away at least two of them and it wouldn't make any difference, you know what I mean? Oh god six, and I, that one's still sinking in. So you've got Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is a sequel to the original now you've got Leatherface, which is a prequel to the original. This new one coming out, I've got to be honest, I haven't looked up that much on it. I don't know whether it's the same company involved or whether they've decided to give the rights to someone else. I haven't really looked that much into it. I do like the poster. Well. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, I might just print that off, stick it on my wall. I mean, I'll, I'll see it. If it's on the cinema, I'll go and see it. I doubt it will. If it comes to video or DVD, I shall watch it. Of course I will. But Six, six Chris? Six. <laughs> They're going to have to work pretty hard to bring me back round to it, I'm afraid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go after this. But, yeah, this film was such a disappointment. I had real high hopes for it, particularly knowing who was involved. Um, The acting's not terrible. It's, it's, if, you know, if you stumbled in from the pub pissed on a Friday night, which people can't do anymore, obviously, because of the shutdown, but theoretically, and you, you sat down in the chair, you put the telly on and it's just started. You know, if you can't be bothered to move, fair enough. Sit and watch it. <laughs> I'd probably get up and find something better to watch, but then I don't drink, so <laughs> getting up doesn't right. matter. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, not very good. So any final thoughts from you? I no, I, I just it's like I'm still stuck on the six now. All of a sudden, <laughs> oh my god. That was the original deal, and whether they've stuck with that or so, whether it's gone to other people yet, I don't know. But damn, Chris. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. You've I got can't. a mind sick. Thing is, with Texas Chainsaw, there's only one story to tell. Hillbillies in a house, people stumble upon it, they get slaughtered. That's, that's your it. story. You, that, can, that's you all. can change details here and there, but that's basically it, isn't it? Yep. So what are you going to do? Stop making movies. Who wants something else? But somebody's making money out of it, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. There we go. It's the name, isn't it? I mean, anything Texas Chainsaw is still going to sell. So what did you give it for rating? 
I gave it one star. Oh, did you? That, oh, that is low. Well, I'm gone a little higher. I've gone two. <laughs> two <laughs> shotgun blasts to the face. Yeah, yeah. I think, say, there's a couple of moments, there's a couple of good gory moments, but and I think Stephen Dorff's pretty good, and I like Vanessa Grass. So there is good, but this is not the film to have them in. Put them in a better film. Right, right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's two shotgun blasts to the head for me. Oh dear. Oh, that's not a good start, is it? No, so, no, um, no. As these are uh, franchise films that we're uh, discussing, where do you fit this into the Texas Chainsaw franchise? Just above the next generation. Above the next generation. Yep. Just, oh. I, I don't even know if it's above. It could be tied with, but it's certainly, um, yeah, it, that's where I fit it in. Okay, um, for me, it, this is the worst one. I put this below Next Generation. Wow, gotcha, gotcha. You know, you got the original Texas Chainsaw 2, the remake, for me, they're, they're the gold standard. Right. I like right. Texas Chainsaw 3, I like, uh, what's it called, The Beginning, then they're the second tier, and then you got Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is passable slasher if you turn your brain off and don't look at the details. Then there's Texas Chainsaw Next Generation, which I'll watch just because it's mental. And then there's this. <laughs> yeah, worst of the franchise for me. I hope the next one is a fucking step up. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I, but yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> nothing else to say, is there? I, no, there's nothing else to say. Yes, nothing else to say. Right, let's move on to the next one then. And we are going to go to Leprechaun Returns. (laughs) That's my shit impression of a Leprechaun laugh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Let's play a trailer. You must be one of the girls. Fixing up the old house way out there from campus. You know about that? Small town. My mom used to live here. She didn't tell you anything about the place where you're going? No. Everything okay? Yeah. Everything. We made sure of it. (laughs) You guys really going off grid? By the end of summer, we'll have moved all our electricity to solar and all our water to the well. There's no internet? No internet and no cell service either. Hello? I've got a lot of killing to make up for. (laughs) This can't be real. Do I look like a figment of imagination to you? I want Miko. Here's this thing my mom always said was real. Heard of friends. Blew me down the well to rot. There is a deranged dwarf obsessed with money in the kitchen. It's a leprechaun. He would murder anyone for his gold. Why you look so sore? Audiences love lots of gore. Summer stopping poachers from killing sea turtles in Costa Rica. I can handle a bunch of pocket-sized pixies. Right then. Leprechaun Returns from 2018. Directed by Stephen Kostansky. 
I think I pronounced that right. Starring Cy Bennett, Ben McGregor, Mark Holton, Taylor Spreitler, Pepe Sanuga, and Heather MacDonald. I think I've got those names correct. The synopsis according to IMDb is the leprechaun returns once again, but when a group of girls unwillingly awaken him after they tear down a cabin so they can build a new sorority house. Okay. <laughs> now, you've mentioned this before on the podcast, haven't you? I have. I have mentioned it before. <laughs> because this was in your Good, Bad and Ugly at one point. It, it was, and I was trying to look back to my notes and I can't remember where I made notes on it. Which section was it in, Good, Bad or Ugly? <laughs> I think it was in the Either the ugly being so good that it's kind of ugly by some of the things, or it was in my good. Because I rather enjoyed this one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. It, it was, I love the fact that they had one of the original cast members in it. I guess yes. his name. Mark Holt. Uh, but I absolutely love that. Uh, I like that they did something different. They were going to tear down the original house and build a sorority and somehow cover the leprechaun with the four-leaf clover stuck on his prison. I dug yes. that. I thought yep. it was interesting. Um, and it was, it did not take itself seriously. It was a complete step up from Origins with Hornswoggle. Leatherface was a step up from Origins. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play to that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Origins is fucking terrible. <laughs> oh man, it's when you try to be edgy and arty and serious in a leprechaun movie. No, no, it's not going to happen. No. And, and they just didn't take themselves seriously. They, they they knew what they were making. They put a different spin on it, so to speak. You know, they, they advanced the story without retelling it. Yeah. Um, and the dude who did Leprechaun was really good. It was it was a good movie. It was fun. It wasn't yeah. bad. Okay. Right then. I, uh, I was sent a screener copy <laughs> of this. Really? A couple of years okay. ago. Okay, okay. If we go back to our Leprechaun show that we did way back, about four or five years ago, this is not a franchise I particularly like that much that I've got a history with. The first one's okay. I didn't mind the one where he went to Vegas. That's it. I, I did review Leprechaun yeah. Origins at the time. That is a proper one-star film. That is absolute <laughs> shite, that film. Um, absolutely so terrible. I, it is terrible. I got a press release. Coming soon, Leprechaun Returns. Would you like a screener copy? Oh, it, the bit of my brain, the sensible bit went, no, not really. And the, the completest bit of me went, yes, of course I do. I've seen the others. <laughs> so I did. Right. I got one. And I sat and watched it. And I wrote a review. And my full written review was on Flickering Myth. And I've just been quickly reading through what I put in that original review. And I stand by it. I really like this film. It wasn't bad, was it? I really like this film. I think it if you just watch the first film, because you need to watch the first film because there's context there. Correct. I agree. Which plays into this. They are connected. It is very much a sequel. It writes off all the other sequels, which is probably a good thing. I think this is fantastic. I actually think this is better than the original film. Interesting. But I can see that. I can absolutely see that. I mean, obviously, you look back now, the original one was, what, 1993, something like that? Um, yeah. It's yeah. very much of its time. Yes. It doesn't know whether it wants to be horrifying or it wants to be silly. It's okay. It's worth a watch. Absolutely worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite enjoyable. Then this comes along. Like you said, this knows that it's silly. It has fun with it. It ups the gore. That birthing scene when the leprechaun comes back, I, in my review, I compared it to when Freddy rips out of Jesse's body in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. 
It's just okay. fantastic. Great yeah, bit yeah. of uh, practical effects work. Um, yeah, the guy playing the uh, the leprechaun. I'm going to look his name up because it's not um, it's not the original fellow, is it? Lyndon Porco. This guy's name is. I think I pronounced that right. Yeah, yeah. He's great. The original, I think, is, has passed away. Warwick Davis. Yeah, he hasn't passed away. Oh, all right. Well, I'm just. Glad. I hope he hasn't. I haven't heard that one. No, still very much alive. Okay, good. Just check. <laughs> we apologise to the Davis family there for Myron announcing his death. No. I mean, all respect to Warwick Davis. He was great in the films that he was in, and he was very good. And um, this is no disrespect to him. If you weren't that much of a fan, you watch the first one, then you watch this one, you might go, you might not notice a difference between the two of them. Which is, which is a good thing. It's good for continuity, um, but also yep. I think that Lyndon Porco, he does add a little bit of his own flavour to it as well. He's not just ripping off Warwick Davis. Um, his line delivery is very good. Um, he's got some good lines in this as well. There's some good uh, good puns and things and that. Um, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. love the old joke they have about the leprechaun having to shine shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they want to stop him. <laughs> it was good. It's, it's just good stuff. Yeah, it's the comedy horror balance is right. There's lots of good gore that makes you go, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty strong. And then there's good jokes that do make you chuckle out loud. Yeah, yeah. Mark Holton's back from the original film. He's not in it for long, but he plays a major part. The four char- main sort of uh, female characters are fine. I don't think any of them stand out more than anyone else, but they uh, they uh, have fun with the material. The two uh, guys who are in the sorority with them, they're just set up to be cannon fodder basically right right which is just as well because they're pretty shit characters um but again everyone seems to know exactly what they're doing the humor's pitched right the gore effects are really good uh yeah there's not a lot else you can say to it if you like the original leprechaun this plays along brilliantly with it i've got the uh, uk dvd special edition which has got leprechaun and leprechaun returns in it on two separate discs oh nice look at you look at you Look at me. So I've got that. I don't need to buy the other Leprechaun <laughs> films. These are the two that will do me. I think I ended up picking them up a few years ago on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> yeah. In, in a set yeah. from Walmart that was less than a Texas that I picked for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I'm not reimbursing you for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, th- there was. I don't think there is a UK Blu-ray release. To be honest, if there was, I would have bought it. But um, yeah, I did see the special edition with the original Leprechaun in as well. Hold on, hold. Why? Why didn't I know this? Hold on. What? This is interesting. Go on. This is done by the same dude who did The Void. Is it? He directed The Void. Really? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah, The Void. So, uh... so, so it it shows that you can direct a top notch flick, pick up a franchise, and do something with it. As compared to the people who did Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Very true. I Steve did not realize, Yeah, I did not realize he did that he directed The Void. I love that movie. That's an awesome movie. I need to rewatch that because I watched it the first time and I didn't like it. And then I watched it a second time and went, actually, that was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I've seen so, it a couple of times. Yeah, it's great. It's a very nice... Uh, lots of um, uh, Lovecraft stuff going on there. Yeah, that's the dude I was trying to... Yeah, okay, interesting. Great. Learn okay. something new every day. But it makes sense that he, you know, oh, great. Well, I did watch the, um, there's a little, uh, making of thing on the DVD with, uh, with the director. And when he talks about his, the way he approached the film, 
he came about it the right way. He basically said, you know, it's a leprechaun film. I'm not trying to reinvent things here. I just need to make it good, which is basically what you need to do, which is what I wish they'd done with Leatherface. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of Leatherface movies that should have taken that same <laughs> approach. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I always say this. It's not difficult to make a Friday the 13th film. No, it's Do you know actually, what I mean? It's easy. It's easy, but nobody does. Everyone thinks, oh, well, we've done that before. We have to put this in it, or we have to put this in it, and then you fuck it up. No, they're easy. Leprechaun films are fairly easy to do. You know, some are better than others. Yep. But, um, yeah, the guy approached it with the right attitude, and, yeah, I love Leprechaun Returns. I think it's one of the better horror films of the past couple of years. Agreed. It, it's it's decent. I gave it like three and a half stars. Three and a half? I did. I gave it a solid four. Nice. Well, we're probably, we're probably a half star part. Solid four for a four-leaf clover. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I shall just make a note of your rating. Brilliant. So, one bad, one good so far. So, I probably don't need to say this because, well, I know what my thinking is. But um, where would you put that in the Leprechaun series? I... I don't remember how I ranked it, but it would go near the top for sure. It, yeah. it would go near the top. It's my favourite. Yeah, it, it's, it would go near the top. Well done. It's my favourite, but you do need to watch that first one to get the context of what they're referencing. You do. You do. You, you can watch this and enjoy it, but it makes it a little bit more enjoyable if you get if you get the context. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is one of those films, I get the feeling I'm going to be putting this on several times over the next few years. You, you, you can just put it on and enjoy it. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Which yeah. is something you can't say with a lot of modern genre films at the moment, but um, I keep correct. alluding to that because it's just something that's bugging me at the minute, to be honest. <laughs> right, right. Having sat through all this messagey woke bollocks that I have to poke up with a lot of the time. <sighs> I just want to enjoy, enjoy a film. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, let's, are we on a roll with this then? Do we, are we going to enjoy the next one? We're going to talk about the next one. <laughs> Let's play the trailer for Hellraiser Judgment. Investigating. It's very dark. I'm just curious. What do you see? You think you're too close to this case? Jesus Christ. It's him. What on earth is this place? It isn't. Hell 
Right then, Hellraiser Judgment from 2018, directed by Gary J. Tunnicliffe. Starring Damon Carney, Randy Wayne, Alexandra Harris, Paul T. Taylor, Gary J. Tunnicliffe, Heather Langenkamp, apparently, for about five seconds, John Walpole and Gracie Monty. And the synopsis is... Detectives Sean and David Carter are on the case to find a gruesome serial killer terrorising the city. Joining forces with Detective Christine Edgerton, they dig deeper into a spiralling maze of horror that may not be of this world. Ooh. Something like that. Ooh, right. Go on then. You've got something to say. Okay, so let's deal with the the elephant in the room, so to speak. This this guy is not Doug Bradley. No. He's he's not Pinhead, but he's not bad. Okay. He's not... Uh, it's not the worst pinhead, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, which, I, which one would be the worst one? <laughs> Do you mean the one from Revelations? Yeah, that would be the one. You tried to summon us? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Chris Farley came back and tried to play pinhead. <laughs> or, or Jack Black. I was thinking John Candy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. The movie was a mess from top to bottom. Yeah. Okay? However, in disposed and in the shit that this movie was, there were some clear things that I thought were really, and I can't, I can't say specific scene, but more like a feeling of stuff that's really, really good. Yeah. And I kind of wish that this guy could potentially get the job to direct Scarlet Le- Scarlet Gospels, because it's got a real Scarlet Gospels feel. Mm. At least the first part of it. It's got some really good shit in there, but then they do dumb stuff, and yeah. it, it, it's like, oh god, you, you really, you started out so good, and then you did this, and you, oh my god, why are you doing this? You, you, you had it, and now you're, you know, it's just, I, <laughs> I the, the director plays the auditor. Yes. Okay, so, so the premise is, these people come to this house, they get audited on their behavior, some little dude comes in on a typewriter, types their stories out, eats the story out of the paper, then grows up and these <laughs> these thonged, big boobed women eat or put their hand in what comes out of this typewriter's mouth guy, and they pronounce him guilty or innocent, and if it's guilty he goes to see Pinhead if he's innocent, well that never happens. Um I and then, then the women come in and eat him if he's guilty or Pinhead comes out. It's almost as if Gary Tunnicliffe's gone into my head and taken this this idea out. <laughs> But it, it's it's not a very good movie because the whole cop thing, you know, it, it, that part is ridiculous. Mm. If they had if they had dropped the whole cop line and tried to center the movie around the house and what it was doing, okay. But then they got this '80s cop guy. I mean, he looks like something out of the '80s, and he's a serial killer himself. And I don't know. It's all just but there were just okay. some parts, and some feelings, and the way he filmed some of it, and the the how the lighting was, and I'm thinking, this dude might might do okay with Scarlet Gospel. This guy's, he, he got the chance. I'm talking about the director, not necessarily the pinhead dude, but yeah. if I were to put this in one of our categories, I would put it in an ugly movie. Then mm. It just got some real ugly parts, but it's a good movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm not too far from you on this one, actually. Okay. Yep, I saw this uh, when it came out. I bought an American Region 1 DVD. Yeah, there's a lot of ideas here. And it's as if Gary Tunnicliffe has... He knows he's got the franchise at the moment. He did Revelations because that was the rights, holding on to the rights. 
so the Weinsteins or whoever owned the company at the time could keep hold of it. Um, and I think he got just about got away with it because Revelations is crap. But when you the one thing it's got in its favour is it's an original Hellraiser film. It's not a pre-existing script or anything like that. Correct. Judgment's pretty much the same, but he's got ideas. He unfortunately he hasn't got a budget, which gives the film its look. It's I love the opening scene. I love the the idea of the auditor. I love the guy coming in and eating the confessions and then throwing it up and the naked women come and rummage around in it. I love that. That's so Hellraiser-y. It is. It is. And it's it's very Greek mythology. Right? Yes. I mean, it's the three sisters of fate, the golden string is vomited, blah, 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 of course. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot going on there. And, but I just felt like, you know, because when I started rereading the Scarlet Gospels earlier this year, it, it's got that real grindhouse kind of feeling to it. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's got that real... It's grungy. It's low-budget grungy. Yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think this guy's got... I'd like to see what he could do with a script for, for Scarlet Gospel. I'd like to see what he could do with a script and a budget. Fair play. That's what lets the film down. Um, There is a sort of... The cop stuff is feels bolted on. It does. It feels, it feels like he's had this idea to do the auditor and the throwing up and the naked women and all that, which is very Hellraiser-y, and then it's like, yeah, but where does it go after here? So he's they've written a sort of seven-type story involving, you know, a killer with the seven deadly sins and all that type of stuff. Yeah, 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 I know. It's I a know. bit crap. It's bolted on. It, it's more of a device to get people where they need to be. Yeah, that's what lets the film down. Paul T. Taylor as Pinhead. I've got no problem with him as Pinhead at all. Correct. Absolutely. Let's be honest, if it was Doug Bradley now, I mean, let's be fair, Doug Bradley is a man of a certain age and he's not exactly in the same physical shape he was in 30 years ago. That's correct. I know you can do a lot with makeup, but, um, you know, who wants a chunky-looking Pinhead? Um, that's no disrespect to Doug Bradley, but, you know, I have seen him in Wrong Turn 5 and, let's be honest, outside of the confines of Hellraiser, yeah. okay. Oh, I, I gotcha. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. No, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Paul T. Taylor does a very good job with what he's got. I think everyone does a, a good job with what they've got. It's just that what they've got isn't uh, isn't a complete film. <coughs> oh, sorry, I keep coughing. Right. Um, oh, COVID. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, hey, I can yeah. claim like I've COVID from you through the airwaves. You Somebody could. will believe it. Somebody will believe it. I work in a dusty chemical factory. I've had a cough for the last five years. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's no better or worse than it normally is. So don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Well, we could we could we could claim it, and people would believe it. Probably. Because here in America, people believe there's a satanic cabal that's in charge of the country that eats babies. Just saying, and they're all democratic. Anyways. There's, a, there's people over here who think the uh, the royal family are uh, lizards with skin on, like in V. Get the fuck out. That is awesome. Dude, have you, not heard, that? Awesome. Have you not heard that one? No. Oh, I'll send you some stuff <laughs> on that. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a big conspiracy theory that the royal family <laughs> are lizard people. Fuck yes. I love it. <laughs> if they were, and the best they can do is how they are now. The lizard people are off their game. <laughs> if you're a lizard person and you've got Prince Andrew in your family, you're doing something <laughs> fucking wrong, aren't you? Anyway, yeah. Oh, 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 oh don't don't get me started on the royal family. Anyway, yeah. Anyways. Hellraiser Judgment. Yes. Um. Yeah. Lots of ideas going on. Gary Tunnicliffe, I think, is very good with the Hellraiser material. But give the man a budget. Seriously, 
if, yeah. if the Hellraiser reboot doesn't come off, and I've said this before, I don't think it will, because to do Hellraiser properly, you've got to have some serious money behind it, and you've got to you've got to invest in the material. Yeah. And Pinhead is not your poster boy anymore. The start of Hellraiser is the box. It, it, go back to the source material a little bit. Yes. The whole, the, the Pinhead comes in like at the end. Yes. It's an it's a novella, I believe. Pinhead comes in at the end. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody? Um, he is in the beginning, but he mostly comes in at the end. Yeah, he's yeah, vaguely. Yeah, because yeah, there's a couple of words. There's a little exchange, and yeah, yeah. Pinhead's yeah. actually female in the book, I think. Is it? Yeah. I don't. It's got a female voice. Well, it's just yeah. Who knows? Anyway, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, to do Hellraiser properly, because it a bit like Elm Street. The thing with Hellraiser is there's. A, you can do so much because it's fantasy based. The imagination involved is, you look at the comics, some of the stories they've come up with in there are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it could be done for the screen if somebody will back it, but they won't back it because you can't sell that material to 14 year old girls, which is what they basically want to do because the teenage audience is what brings the money into the cinemas. Right. But you can't and so, do that with these kind of movies. No. We can't do that anymore because studios don't think like that. They think, well, yeah, we could have the gore and the blood and the sex and all the stuff that made the first Hellraiser good. But if we just tweaked it a little here and toned it down a little bit there and we can get a younger audience in and it's more money. Yes, but you haven't got the soul of the original story there. Correct. Because you've watered it down. And Hellraiser Judgment is unfortunately going to suffer the fate of every Hellraiser movie certainly past part five of just sinking into obscurity with people going, oh, it's just another Hellraiser sequel. It's rubbish. It's not rubbish. There is a lot there. And I implore you, if you are a Hellraiser fan of any sort, give it a watch. Yes, yes. And it's got problems. And the, it's and got problems. It's Chris got and, major problems. Chris and I agree that the, the cops, the cop storyline part is stupid. I it mean, is stupid. What, what cop drives to a serial killer's house, supposedly, in the middle of the night to arrest him? Yes, that's right. Alone, sure. That Alone, happens exactly. All the time in America and the UK and everywhere. Bullshit. So it, he had to force it, but I, yeah, I'm with you. There, there are little touches like they try and make the house where the auditor lives is supposed to be the same house from the first Hellraiser film. They, they do try. They try that, yes. That doesn't quite work. Well, you know, there's the obvious thing in people say about the first Hellraiser film. Is it in America? Is it in London? It never really says it's in London. We know it's in London because that's where it was filmed. Correct. And that's how it looks. It doesn't yes. look America. It looks London. Yes. And uh, it's actually out in the suburbs, I think. It's probably Surrey way. But, um, yeah, and they try and do that. It doesn't quite work. Again, like we said with Texas Chainsaw, you've got to, you know, those callbacks to the original film feel tacked on. As if to say, yeah. look, look what we did here. Yep, yep. But the core of what Gary Tunnicliffe is doing here is good. It's just, unfortunately, the, the the story that's on top of it, which is the bit that sort of carries the movie along, isn't that good. Exactly. So, but if you're a fan, I would say give it a watch. At least give it a rental and view it on its own terms. Don't try and sort of, oh, it's not as good as the first one. No, it's not. It's never going to be. No, no Hellraiser movie is going to be as good as the first one. No. So just, you know. So what's your overall score? Believe it or not, I rated this one a solid three. Wow. Okay. I went with 2.5 vomited confessions out of five. I would have thought you would have went higher because as I'm watching this, I'm going, some of this is really Chris's movie, and I bet he will rate this higher than I'm going to. 
there, there is, like I said, the, the ideas are there, and again, I just it's not quite realised enough for me to go. Yeah, I recommend that. And the way I view stuff is anything three and over is a recommendation, and I just think, and anything two and under is a bit. Ugh. And there's that grey area in between where the, a two point five, you can go, yeah, it's good, watch it, you know, but take your chances. Right. And I think right. I think judgment sits right there. It, it it's not quite good enough for me to go. Yes, yeah, good, go and watch it. But it's not bad enough because there's a lot going on. Right, right. But I think if you're, like I've said, if you're a Hellraiser fan, I think there's some good there that I think you you'll enjoy, especially if you've gone away from the films and read some of the books and the comics and things like that. Uh, right, and I actually have quite a few of the comics, and I love the comics. Yeah, I've well. got a couple of them as well. Yeah, they are good. Yeah, yeah, they're very good. Very good. Very good. Okay, so uh, yeah, where would you put this in in the franchise? Oh, it's been a while since I've watched all of them. Um, God, I don't remember how I rated it. It it would probably be about mid range. Yeah, it, it it wouldn't. It's not the worst. Um, it's but man, it just is. You know, even talking about it, it, it's it's not a bad movie. It's just not a bad movie. I put it on a par with Inferno, the fifth one, the one that Scott Derrickson directed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think I think it's certainly the best one since that one came out. Agreed, agreed. It's and, sort of on and, a par, yeah. And uh, Inferno is the one after Bloodline, right? That's it, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm a fan of Bloodline. I rate that higher. I kind of like I kind of like Bloodline, but yeah, for sure. And if you're in the UK, Hellraiser Judgment hasn't had an official release yet, but it is coming in March of next year, DVD and Blu-ray release. Along with Revelations, which has never had an official UK release as well. Oh, look at you guys being all lucky getting Revelations. <laughs> yes, but I'll be buying it on Blu-ray because I've got all the others on Blu-ray. I've got Revelations on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I haven't got on Blu-ray is um, Deader, the seventh one. Can't get okay. it on Blu-ray. I'm sure there must be a, a foreign version somewhere. Well, after after um, next year when you get your new 4K multi-region player, maybe you'll get one. Yes, yes. I'm sure there's a US version out there I can get somewhere. So, God, I'm sure there is. I shall have a look. So, yeah, if you want to get it, it's uh, it, you can either get a a German or a American version now, or you can wait till March next year. Right, right. Fantastic, right. But the three we've just reviewed, they are just the warm up for the big event. I think. Oh God. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to play a trailer and then you and I are going to delve into Halloween. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? 
the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? Halloween, not from 1978, but from 2018, directed by David Gordon Green. With, with, with John Carpenter. John Carpenter is an executive producer, right? Yeah, but he's not director. I know. As much as uh, he probably wants to be. Right, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, woohoo! Judy Greer, James Jude Courtney, Will Patton, Nick Castle, Virginia Gardner, Miles Robbins, and I'm going to butcher this. Why do I pick the names I'm going to butcher? Halluk Bil- Bilgener? Bilgener? Bilgener. As Dr. Sartain. Woohoo. Anyway, the synopsis for this is Laurie Strode confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. <laughs> That can't be true, because she did it in the 90s. I saw it. Right then. People who've listened to this podcast have heard my thoughts when I did the little uh, review with Gore a couple of years ago. Um, I gave it a score then, and I'm going to say now my score has changed. Has it gotten better or worse? I'm not saying just yet. I want to hear what you've got to say. (laughs) So... Hit us with it, Myra. The world's been waiting for this. I'm a Halloween franchise super fan. I've got the, the Scream Factory box. I, I, and I waited when this was coming out. I wasn't able to see it right away for a lot of reasons, but I, when I rented it, I sat down and first watched it. Um, and then for the show, I decided to watch it again. <laughs> I, I wish I could out of the gate say this was an awesome. I just can't. I just, uh, it's, I just, I wish I could say this was what I'm before. It was a little bit like experience I had with the book Hannibal. So I, oh, started, uh, yeah. I started reading Thomas Harris. I loved the book The Red Dragon. I loved the book Sons of the Lambs. As did most people. I waited 10 years to read <laughs> Hannibal. I waited 10 years to read Hannibal. In fact, when I, when I heard it was dropping, my ex-wife and I drove to Sam, bought the book there, came home, I read it in a day, and then she read it. When was I she, was, was she your ex-wife when you drove there? Did you get back together and for the experience? Or? <laughs> no, no, we were married at the time. But I, I threw the book against the wall and said I waited 10 years to read this shit, and I have not read one of his books since. And I won't. 
that the character betrayal, the crap that I read as Hannibal was ridiculous. Have you not read Hannibal Rising? I broke down, got it as a Christmas present, and I read it. <laughs> so you love it. it yeah. And it was just as Yeah. I bought it like, for a pound from a discount bookshop and then I oh, gave it to a jumble sale before I even read it. <laughs> good plan. Yeah. And I felt a lot of that way that I felt about the Halloween. Oh dear. Part of it is predicated on the fact that the opening scene, we've got, I don't know, people chained to concrete blocks on a human chessboard. <laughs> we got a, we got a reporter with some, the crazed doctor waving a Michael Myers mask to get him to talk. They're not reporters, the, they're podcasters. Is it podcasters? Oh, podcasters God. who can offer Jamie Lee Curtis three grand for an interview. Where are they getting their fucking money from? I don't know. The most I've ever got out of this is a screener thing emailed to me. <laughs> fucking three grand. That's funny. Jesus. <laughs> they, fucking they podcast sh- that. <laughs> but it starts out this way with them waving a mask. Oh, what yeah. psychiatrist is going to have a bunch of podcasters wave a mask uh, at, at, at a serial killer that's going to be like a red... <laughs> they, they, allegedly, a... they allegedly borrowed the mask from the district attorney. Yeah, because okay. so, who goes to a serial killer and waves around the weapon that he killed all the people or, or part of his character? What? You know? I, it's just, oh my fucking God. And I, I, at that point, I really wanted to turn it off Hmm. And just say, I'm not going to watch it. I can't. But I, I couldn't. I mean, we've got Halloween 4, 5, 6. We've got Dangertainment. Um, exactly. You sat through that. <laughs> I made it through all of that stuff. Um, I made it through the Cult of Thor nonsense. <laughs> I can make it through this. But You sound like me with the Texas Chainsaw franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then these... I assume they were reporters. Apparently, they are podcasters. Drove to Jamie Lee Curtis's house and offered her three grand hmm. to try and convince her to meet face to face with Michael Myers. To meet now, the person who tried to kill her. Yeah, yeah. Again, some other friends of the district attorney. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so we could dismiss all of that if maybe at that point they picked up the thread a bit and tried to do something. No, 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 no. Hang on. In Halloween. And in Halloween 4, true fashion, at some point in the middle of the night, they decide to move what they portray as the most dangerous serial killer in America. Mm. Who's been at Smith's Grove for 40 years, but tonight, on the anniversary, they're going right. to move him. They're going to move him. At night. They, at night, in have, a bus. They, they have to move him, right? Oh, for <laughs> sake. I'm like, oh my god. And, and of course, fine. The bus tips over, who, however it tips over. It doesn't matter. They, They've got a dad with a kid. He sees the prison bus. Does he speed through? Does he speed through realizing I've got a kid with me? There's probably injured prisoners, but I'm going to go find well, well, the, well, I can't stop. It, it's not a dad with a kid. It, it's obviously a dad driving Billy Elliot somewhere because he's talking about <laughs> dancing. I know. Why? <laughs> oh, I Why are you trying to make a character out of this person who's in it for about 30 seconds? <laughs> No, they talked about this. <laughs> and that's not his kid. That must be his granddad. Look at his age. Chris, I just can't. <laughs> but so you've got it. But you've got a kid with you. Hmm. Are you going to stop at an overturned bus area? Well, if I had that kid in my car, yes, I would. And <laughs> push him out I, the fucking I, door. You know, I get it. It's kind of like Bobby. I get it. I get it. But yeah. Oh God. So he stops, and they all they both die, and then of course there's a um. 
I've got three or four notes on how the hell is this podcaster need to get the mask? And, oh my god. Okay, so, so then, then, somehow, I'm not sure how, what the odds are, but somehow, Michael Myers stumbles on the podcast, right? And then it got the mask in the trunk. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> they stumble on the podcast. Stumble on them. There they are. They're, oh look, there's the podcasters with the mask in the trunk. Mm. There, there's there's Nick doing the shape thing. That's fine. He's doing great. But he's only in one scene, Nick Carson. One or two I, scenes. I know. Holy shit! What the hell? You you haven't mentioned the teeth. No, I I, I, I don't know. what? <laughs> I, I still don't understand that bit. <laughs> oh god! I get the feeling you didn't enjoy it. Oh man! It it's the scenes with Jamie Lee Curtis. I liked her. I liked how they. I liked how they portrayed her as somebody who was severely damaged by her brother trying to kill her. I get that. She's not her brother. It's not her brother. Uh, uh right. But you know, it's the 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 kid that for the sure she's a babysitter. I, I get that. But those were good scenes, but they were far and few between. Her her you know would probably be described as um, Linda Hamilton Terminator style scene. Hmm. They were okay. They weren't bad. I, 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 I believe that part of it. But I want you to explain to me. I want <laughs> anybody to explain to me that when the doctor shoots the cop, what mm. the fuck is going on? What, have we run out of a story? Did we need to make it longer? What happened? Can you explain to me why? Right. Well, now you mention it, right? Uh, no, I can't, no. <laughs> God, okay. I, I think, I think I know where you are with this film. <laughs> oh. Oh, Chris. I know. Chris. I, obviously, I spoke about this with Gore. Um, I, first, I, I did see this at the cinema, and you when did. I came out, I did. Chris, I, Chris, I, I have yeah? to know. When you, when you came out of it, were you rage-filled? Were you just pissed off? Were you angry? What was your feeling? You got to When me. I came out, I'm, I'm going to admit this, when I came out, I, I went, well, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Really? And okay. Let me finish. <laughs> My first thought was, and this is the problem I had with it, I thought they've captured the feel of the original. Not the story, not the ideas going on, but the feel. It looked like it fitted with that first film. The okay. way the lighting is done. Sure. The way sure. everything's framed. And I thought, yeah, that's better than I thought it would be. And I came, and then I come home and I sat down and I sort of started thinking about it and I thought, yeah, yeah, I like the look of the film. There's one particular scene I really like when they... um follow Michael Myers through the person's house and he picks right. up the hammer and then he goes in and that's all done and that sort of one take thing and then he goes into that woman's house and smashes her against yeah, the window yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought that was really good I like that but then the more I thought about it the more I thought the bits I like are the bits that where they're copying what John Carpenter did and the bits I didn't like are the bits that the new guys <laughs> did and then I thought and this is still my big bugbear with this film, is Halloween was 40 years ago. This sequel, 40 years you've had to think of this, and this is the best you can come up with? Oh, God, I know. I know. I know. Jamie, uh, Laurie Strode is a survivor, and she's trained herself to take on Michael Myers. That's that's it. That's your story. 
They need a bigger alpha and beta reading group for those screenplays. I don't care what you said. They got it. They need more content. And well, yeah, so originally, honestly, when I sat in the cinema and I was watching it, it was playing out. I thought, well, this is all right. This is better than I thought it was going to be. And then I sat home and I thought, actually, no, there's this wrong with it, that wrong with it. And then it came out on Blu-ray and I bought the Blu-ray because I've got all the others. So completist and all that. And I watched it again and I thought, my scores were going down gradually, half a star each time. Uh, gotcha. I gotcha. And then I watched it when I did the podcast with... No, I didn't, sorry. I uh, I did the podcast with Gore, and I think I scored it three out of five. Um, I've watched it once again since then, which is for this show here, and my score's gone down. I. What did you think of the score? What, the film score? John Carpenter's score? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. But yeah, yeah. I don't um, think it's amazing. It, let's be honest; it's just a redone version of his original score. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's true, but it was still good. Everyone who's my my problem with Halloween, and and I say this as a John Carpenter fan, he's one of my favourite, if not my favourite director. And I love John Carpenter, but not everything he does is untouchably brilliant. No, of course not. A- and people, and my problem with this film. And this isn't based on John Carpenter. I know he's involved in it. It's people seem to be loving on things that I just think, nah, is that it? Yeah, the, yeah, score, I, 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 the score is very good, but the score to the original Halloween's good. And this is just a slightly jacked up version. The plot is nothing. So, yeah, she's traumatized and she's learned how to fire a gun. That's it. All they've done is taken scenes from the first film and reversed it. So you've got her coming out of the shadows behind him. Yeah, 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 of course. You've got her falling off the balcony and then getting up and running off, you know? Right. It was a good shot, but still. It, oh, yeah, it's well, well made. But at, at one point, at one point, you, you're in a, in, a, in a variable fortress of a house, right? She's got guns mm. everywhere. She has spent 40 years building this as a, mm. as a, to funnel Michael Myers into one area so she can kill him. That, that's what she did. Yeah. But she's got glass in her door. That he's able to reach through and grab her neck to kill ten minutes, five minutes in a, in a shot. <laughs> Even he, she's gonna do everything she can not to get hurt to funnel him. Yeah. That doesn't include putting glass in the door so he can reach his hand, and that's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and the, the movie is kind of filled with those little goofy things where, come on, people. I think they focus too much on trying to recreate the universe of John Carpenter's film. That they the little details that we. have that we're picking up on, they did, they left by the side. Right. And you know, I've always said Halloween is a film that never needed a sequel. It, it, really, it, it doesn't. No. But even with that last shot where hmm. Loomis is looking over the balcony, Michael Myers is gone after he put him, shot him six times, what the hell? Six times. I shot him six times. I thought yeah. he was bad saying that in my head. But they don't need a sequel. They could have just left it like, holy yeah. shit, this dude is like, it, it's mysterious, it's dark. It's little mm. blood, it's creepy, it's scary. They could have just left it. Yeah. They could have left it. You see all the time these things on, on Twitter and Facebook and whatever and about, you know, the best horror franchise. Is it Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween? And you always see Halloween wins. And I think people misunderstand, I think, the difference between a franchise and a film. Because I think, yes, Halloween is probably the best film out of any of those three. Certainly the originals. Right. But as a franchise, Halloween has never been very good. <laughs> Never. Now, I liked Halloween 2. I, 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 I like I, bits of them. I enjoyed that movie. 
Can somebody tell me what was up at four, five, and six? Somebody yeah. phoned in those movies. The danger came at what? What is that? Seven? As the eighth one. Eighth one. Uh, Red Resurrection. That is so stupid. Hmm. But it's got some funny parts to it. I mean, busted kung fu on Michael. At least it's entertaining. It's not boring. It's, it's original. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid. It's dumb. And yeah. you know, it's about as far from John Carpenter's film as you can get. But it's it's not boring. And having said all that, H two O as a movie concept was H twenty, not H two O. O is a H- O is a letter. Yeah, I know, I know. But you know what I'm saying. As a movie yeah. concept, it's not bad. It's hmm. a natural. It's an almost natural progression from what somebody could be 40, 50 years later. She could be a teacher. That could. This is. This could. This is real. You know, this was this was going to be my next question to you. Do you prefer the Laurie Strode of Halloween H twenty or the Laurie Strode of Halloween twenty eighteen? H twenty. Yeah, that's how I think she'd be. She'd have a drink problem. She'd be living on her nerves all the time. Yep, yep, yep. The, yeah. the, Linda, the Linda Hamilton one. It was an interesting take on it, but dude. Yeah, but I, that's the best you can do. Dude, I wanted so much in this movie. I wanted because John Carpenter was involved, and I'm like. Finally, I was excited, and then this happened. I'm just like, oh god! And the first time I watched it, I thought, oh shit, this is terrible. What would have done? And I watched, I I watched it again, and I was hoping it would get better. And it got a little bit better by maybe an eighth of a star because I started to appreciate some of Laurie Strode's character. Character, but Mm. dude, this is really this is what they gave us. Oh. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's terrible because you know I've seen. You know I've sat through some terrible films this year, but um, amen to that, brother. It's it's well made. It looks good. There are bits that I enjoy, but it's not. It's they could have been so much better, and it's the they let themselves down on like we said on details that are fairly important that they just don't bother with, and right. they concentrate on the wrong bits. Um, but like I said, I like the look of it. I like to say that tracking shot behind Michael when he goes through the house. I love. I think that's really good. I can't be doing with this Doctor Sartain crap. I don't like the character. No, nope. no need to have him in there as well. I know that they're going to. Oh, they're trying to do a new Loomis. No, no, no it's it's not Loomis because I mean, yeah, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. You you could take that character out of the film and you haven't changed anything. So were your thoughts on it pretty much in line with mine? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, what did you give it, star-wise? I have given it two and a half head stomps. Yeah, I'm at the same. I, I think that's exactly where I came up with these, uh, two and a half. You know, yeah. every time I've every time I've watched it, I've gone down half a star because it's just like this really isn't great. It could be. Yeah, right. And I know. I'll when the next one comes out, I'll go and see it because that's what we do as fans of the franchises and all of, that. But, of course, of course. But I hope they step away now from yeah. from the John Carpenter format and do something different, but good. You know, a bit yeah. like Star Wars with the Force Awakens. It's like, okay, yes, you can make a Star Wars film that ties in with the first ones, but now go and do go and make a Last Jedi now. Right. Go and do right. something a little different. Right. Exactly. Yeah, two and a half from me, two and a half from you. Well, there you go. Um, where do you fit that into the franchise? Um, I would put it, I'd probably put it somewhere around four, five, and six levels mm. of stupidity. See, Halloween 4 was, is always my least favourite one. Yeah, and I was always surprised. 
because I would have thought Cult of Thorn would have been six, would have been your least favorite. I'm almost surprised, but four is Mass. bad. Five See, is, I, I, yeah. I watched six recently. Really? And, yeah, and well, I well, it's not a great film. <laughs> no. There's bit again. It's not boring. There's always something happening. I quite like the brutality of Michael and what he does in that film. There's some stuff in there. Yeah, the stupid Colt Thorn stuff. Crap. But there's bits I like in it, and at least it's trying to do its own thing. True. You know, the, yeah, the makers of Part 6 were handed a shit sandwich from the guys from Part 5 who started yeah. a thread and then went, well, it's up to the next guys to finish it. That, that is true. In all fairness, in all fairness, they, they, it, it was original. I'm going to yeah. say it was... So for me, say four's always been my low point of the series because to me, it's four is boring. I like it up until the um, confrontation in the garage between Loomis and Michael, and after that, the film just I can't be bothered with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, I've grown to sort of appreciate on a level that I know it's stupid, but again, I can watch it and have a bit of fun with it. And six is okay. Ah, uh, I prefer H twenty to this most definitely. So, yeah, this is somewhere near the bottom for me. I'm not yeah. sure if I would put it above or below Resurrection, but four is the bottom, and then probably Resurrection, then probably this, or around. Ah. Maybe swap them two out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, say Halloween for me, it's never needed a sequel. Um, obviously, it's got loads of them. I'd take H20 or Halloween 2 over this anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my thoughts. Excellent. Well, the world can now relax, but we know your thoughts on it. Yes, and that my taste is not always terrible, that I do can differentiate, you know, some shit sandwiches from, you know. Okay. Yeah. Right then, so that's our little franchise clean-up. So uh, that's put us into good stead now. We can uh, can continue. Right, I've got some feedback. Oh, nice. It's not from what we watched today. It's for what we did last time, the old uh, Lucio Fulci stuff. All right. It's from our good friend Dave McGuigan. Nice. Hi, Dave. DPM74, I think he is on Twitter. And seeing as it was his idea to do the bloody franchise in the first place, and then uh, he didn't send any feedback in. Bloody selfish. That's right. <laughs> anyway, Dave says, this is for City of the Living Dead. First to be made, last to be viewed by me anyway. Not sure when or how I first saw this, but I'm pretty sure it was in the last 20 years. Oh, fairly recent. It makes even less sense than the other two, but it makes up for this with lashings of foggy atmosphere and gag-inducing gore. I'm not good with on-screen vomiting, so the infamous puking up the innards scene nearly had me joining in on the first viewing. Well, it's all-inclusive, isn't it? Religion does tend to make me sick, but the evil or maybe just misunderstood priest here goes the extra mile. The head drilling is effective and incredibly tense, even so, even more so for anyone who saw this on tape or disc in the UK in the 80s or 90s, as the sense of surely they won't actually... Ooh, it's getting closer. Cool will have changed to surely they weren't actually oh it's getting closer bollocks they didn't yeah yeah <laughs> nice little yeah. comment on the old uh, bbfc yeah. cutting the good shit out yeah. of course uh the rescue of mary played by the lovely catriona mccall who i've met and hugged you lucky sod from the coffin looks incredibly dangerous and goes nicely with the rescue of bob from the cellar in house by the cemetery both rescuees look suitably terrified as their savior comes closer and closer to smashing them in the face with a sharp implement through the wood yeah I like that scene. Violent scalp and brain-ripping moments and some superb set design in the climactic scenes make this a must-see Fulci film. So he gives it four vomited sheep kidneys out of five. Well done, Dave. Join in with the spirit of it there. Right, the beyond. Back in the early 80s, my parents, horror fans as they were, invested in a VHS player. 
Nine years of age, and weaned on a diet of Saturday night hammer, door, hammer horror double bills. Yeah, we're about the same age, so yeah. And the occasional American treat, such as American Werewolf or Salem's Lot. We happily skipped off together to the new local video shop to see what we could find. We found the Beyond. Oh, oh fucking. I know, right? Right. <laughs> the first yeah. today only film to send me running to my bedroom in horror after less than 15 minutes. I was even too young to properly appreciate Capriona McCall. Did I mention that I've hugged her? So all in all, it was a negative experience, but it stuck with me. Twenty years later, twenty years later, and I was finally unable to get an uncut DVD in a lovely tin box from the good folk at Anchor Bay on import from America. Even then, battle hardened as I was by years of splattery horror, it sat unwatched for a few weeks. My childhood viewing had truly scarred me to the point where I took a day off work so I could watch it in the afternoon on a bright sunny day. <laughs> Needless to say, this is now one of my all-time favourite films, horror or otherwise, and I've lost count of the numbers of times I've watched it. From the drooling, beautiful, sepia-lensed opening heretic melt, through squeaky, flesh-ripping spiders, traumatised children, and the usual severe eye trauma, to the bleak but beguiling end, the beyond remains to this day an absolute treat, and long may it linger in the recesses of my damaged brain. Five hungry dogs out of five. Nice. Very good. House by the Cemetery. <laughs> Another one that slipped into our VHS I, before. Th- I had to go. take a day off work. <laughs> you know, I'm watching <laughs> the daylight. You big girl. <laughs> right. <clears throat> House by the Cemetery. Another one that slipped into our VHS before Thatcher's Nazis took away all the good stuff. <laughs> Though it may even then have been slightly cut from what I've since read. Yes, it probably was. I think I saw this after seeing The Beyond. <laughs> seeing in inverted commas. But still at an appropriate age. Uh, sorry, inappropriate age. Maybe double figures by this time, though. I wore this one as a badge of honour, and it was a childhood favourite, despite being able to see it only once at the time on a scratchy old VHS. Rewatching it recently, I was most impressed by the little things, like the rusty squeaking of the key turning in the cellar door lock. That moment in particular really puts you as a viewer into the film, more so than any admittedly spectacular bat attacks ever could. And then there's Bob. <laughs> Much better. Sorry. Much maligned by people who don't seem to have any issues with the squealing bag of hell that is the child in the overrated Babadook. Oh, God. Bob is great. He looks genuinely terrified when faced with Freudstein and actually has an emotional range beyond many child actors. Catriona McCall, did I mention that I've hugged her? Shines, as always, looking even better than usual in the gorgeous new blue underground 4K disc. Freudstein is probably Fulci's best villain and looks impressively nasty in the better looking prints of the film, maggots and all. While the ending doesn't necessarily make sense, the film as a whole is the most linear of the three, and overall easier to follow and understand, and vastly more enjoyable than most non-Batman Christopher Nolan films. That's very true. Four and a half heads rolling down the stairs out of five. In summary, the Gates of Hell trilogy has, at least in parts, been with me for over 35 years, and long may it stay that way. I haven't even mentioned the soundtracks, with Fabio Fritzi, met, not hugged, the Beyond score being the standout. I highly recommend you seek this out on your medium of choice, as there are numerous musical cues within that will burrow deep into your brain in a good way. These three films, along with the sublime zombie flesh eaters, cement Lucio Fulci as one of the greatest horror directors of all time. Lovely stuff. Yep. Cheers, Dave. Yep. Thanks, Dave. That was good. Yep. I I love that little story, taking the day off work. (laughs) I know. That's awesome. Excellent. Oh. Yeah. Cheers for that, Dave. Agree with that. Yes, Fulci is absolutely one of the greats. Like I said, we're about the same age, and I think we had some pretty similar experiences with a lot of our uh, viewing of the time in the BBFC heavy days of the eighties. 
Yep, exactly. Exactly, fantastic. Okay, that's bringing us to an end, really, of this show. Yep. It, I've it enjoyed has. that. I have. Yeah. I, 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 I have vented about Halloween. Yes. I am not alone in how I feel, and yep. Nope. Excellent. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> We're getting towards the end of the year, so yep. if we can squeeze it in before the end of the year, we'll do a little uh, end of year show with a difference. Yep, for sure. Absolutely, because I've got to be honest, I can't think of five brilliant films I've watched this year, new ones. <laughs> I, I've watched a few that have been released this year that are bad, but nothing... Nothing, nothing I'm going to dedicate a whole show to. I know, know. Nothing, nothing will stand out. No, I haven't seen any sort of, I don't, obviously the COVID thing, but I haven't seen anything that sort of five-star knockout must go and see. I know, right? So we're going to do a little end-of-year show where I think we're just going to gather up a few of our favourite releases of the year. You know, there could be old films that have been given a new Blu-ray release or something like that. Yep. I've got yep. one definitely in mind that I'm going to mention. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a think about that and we're going to come up with some uh, titles that we've watched and uh, anything else we can think of in between. Yeah, exactly. We're done. Let's round it up then. So, uh, yeah, everybody stay safe. Whether you're on lockdown, on furlough or whatever is happening in your world, just be safe, be respectful of others and don't be a tit, basically. It's, that's the best advice ever. It is. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. That's right. Send one, to, send one to Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a, star, a size XXXXL. That's all. <laughs> fast food. Well, have you noticed his hair's gone grey? He went grey very quickly, didn't he? Since yeah, the, yeah, since yeah, the election. Yeah. Funny that. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. Right. We uh, will hopefully see you uh, all before Christmas. So stay safe out there and uh, keep on listening. Exactly. Bye. Bye. There once was a lass in college who studied the spirits for knowledge. She laid hard with the devil to rise up a great level, but no one begrudged her the mileage. <sighs> a golden shower. I don't care what the others say about you. You're a keeper. What do they say? You know, I got a glad eye for a fellow toss pot. Oh, I think I'm having alcohol hallucinations. Don't be selling yourself short. Short? <laughs> a Walkman and a camera all in one. Impressive. What's a Walkman? Forget it. I'm looking for something, and if you tell me where it is, I won't rip you to shreds. What are you looking for? Come a little closer, and I'll tell you.
better looking. 